Hey, podcast. This is a rebroadcast of a Facebook Live event we did in August with the Japanese lens manufacturer Hoya. Many of you have probably always wanted to ask a lens company really technical questions that you just can't get from a trade journal or a brochure or at a conference. So we went ahead and interviewed them live on Facebook. We had lots of fun. We had over 270 comments about. 45 people、uh, on the Facebook Live feed listening in. So I hope you enjoy this. We talk about technical stuff, marketing, what's going on in the marketplace, and business. So enjoy this. And just letting you know, we will be having more Facebook Live events on a monthly basis. So look out for those emails and enjoy the podcast. If you want to watch the live Facebook event, Rebroadcasted in video format. I will go ahead and put a link to that in the show notes of the podcast app you're listening to now. Welcome to Eyetrepreneur,、uh, the podcast for Wizards of Eyes.、Uh, welcome to the official Facebook Live stream. And we're pleased to have two gentlemen from Hoya Mike Hambridge, who's in charge of marketing, digital marketing, digital marketing, digital. and also Bob Alexander. Who、uh, is educational director? So, welcome to the first live、uh, podcast here on Facebook. Th- thanks so much for having us.、Uh, you're yeah, very pleasure.、Cool. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Thanks for the invite. Awesome. Where are you, gentlemen, tonight? I am in Boise, Idaho, uh, currently. As、um, you can see, the, the beautiful hotel room behind me. Nice. <laughs> Helping. Nice We have a、uh, helping with some training uh, with a, a new rep here, and also、um, did a, a customer training this morning. So it was a, kind of a twofold trip. So great.、Um, that's what I've been, been up to this week. And I, where I am, it is dark in upstate New York. So this is my home office.、It's、awesome. Great, great night out. Well, I've got my,、uh, my Hoya glass here from. Heart of America a couple of years ago. Wait a minute, actually, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't know we were allowed to drink on the show. This, <laughs> is, actually, this is actually iced tea. So,、oh. so it's iced tea, but I, I thought I'd be in, in sync here for the Hoya theme. So, <laughs> yeah, in, in, sync, in sync, right? That's a sync joke. I like the play.、Good. Heart of America right there on the glass. So, awesome. There we go. Okay. Try to get it to show there. All right. Great. Well, we're happy to have you here tonight. And it's rare that we get to really talk to the big cheeses at, the, at one of the main manufacturers of lenses in the world. So perhaps you could go through the history of Hoya and,、uh, in just a few minutes and tell us what else Hoya is involved in in the world. Because a lot of people don't know that Hoya has a, a fairly large role with lenses and other things. Right.、Um... Yeah, Hoya started、uh, in 1941 in Tokyo, Japan, and it's been a going concern since then. They started out、um, manufacturing crystal and crystal lights. So that was their original business. And if you were to talk to our global CEO, Mr. Suzuki, he would have a very esoteric answer and say, Well, what Hoya does is we bend light. And、um, to give like a little.、Uh, MBA ish case study, I would say. It's shiny. Yeah. That,、um, 
if you were to look at, say, IBM and Smith Corona in the mid-1970s, and you said, well, what's your business? Smith Corona would say, we make the best typewriters in the world. And IBM was also a leading typewriter maker at the time, but they would have said, we disseminate information. And if you think about how those two answers from two leading companies differ and who's in business today and who's not, um, we, we know what the right answer was. So when Mr. Suzuki, <laughs> well, Hoya Ben's light and the different types of businesses we're in, such as imaging, electronics, healthcare, and the medical field. So for instance, we make IOLs for uh, ophthalmologists. We do endoscopes, laparoscopic equipment, uh, as far as electronics is concerned, we make uh, the masks that are in your, say, your iPhone or your uh, any type of player. So the, the masks that are in between those drives, that's a that's a light-driven component. Uh, and same thing with with imaging and LED displays, so LCD sub displays. So Hoya's um, very much in the light bending business. Uh, ophthalmic lenses are essentially a tool that bends light and we feel that we do it better than anyone. You also make glassware, don't you? Uh, we, we did. I, I think oh. we sold that business off about oh, I see. eight years ago, but yeah, you're, you're right. We did, we did do that. And actually the early uh, awards for salespeople was the Hoya crystal, which oh, absolutely okay. beautiful. Yeah. You're, you're right on about that. Well, awesome. Um, so we're really here to uh, educate the, all of our listener bases um, just about, you know, what's going on in the marketplace, um, about freeform, about anti-reflective photochromics, and really go through kind of some the truths and some myths and um, what you guys do proprietary in the market. Uh, there's, you know, there's not a whole lot of choice out there. It's become a lot of consolidation. And you guys have maintained uh, your market share. So, um happening in the lens market right now i'm sorry dr brill what was that what is happening in the lens market oh. currently uh it's it's a very interesting time um from hoya's perspective uh we believe in eye care professionals and so we're expanding so for for our business we're investing tens of millions of dollars in new capacity particularly in the u.s market we're opening a, um, a new laboratory in Ramsey, Minnesota, that's going to be able to do about 4,000 jobs a day. Wow. Five years ago, we put one online in Dallas that does almost 6,000 jobs a day. We're adding to our capacity because of our belief in the ECP. So that, that, that's what we're doing. Um, what we're also seeing though, is there's a lot of consolidation as Harry alluded to. There's also, um, a lot of uh, private investment going on from, from private equity firms. So uh, smaller chains are being, I don't want to say gobbled up, but they're certainly be they're, they're an interesting investment. Um, they, it, people have realized that the eye care industry, there's money to be made in it. If, uh, you look at the demographics, 8 billion people on earth, half of us need glasses. So there's uh it, it's a great it's a great market to be in and if uh, you've got money to invest it's definitely a place to put it so this is what we're seeing um, bob do you want to add to that like what do you see on the ground out there when you're traveling the country with our folks in the field yeah you know normally uh 
normally my role is helping to uh, create and, and build and um, assist with content creation. Uh, here in the last few weeks, I've had a chance to be actually in the field and, um, and uh, see those customers and, and talk to them personally. And uh, the equity thing keeps coming up. You know, there's there's um, a lot of uh, concern um, about you know whether my practice is going to be purchased or not. And um, you know, so the equity the equity thing is uh, uh, certainly certainly at the top of top of mind. But what we what we found is, or what I found at um, when I'm talking to my talking to our Hoya customers that. Um, they're really proud to be a Hoya customer because they know that we're not uh, we're not looking to take their customer base away. Uh, we're not marketing straight straight up to them. Right. So is there a, so that's an opportunity as well as a risk. I mean, if you get a chain with fifty uh, private equity offices and they want to go on Hoya, I mean that could be a big deal for you, right? Um, I guess it could be. Yeah, right? they, could, they could say no. We're we've got a deal with uh, Eslor. And you're out. So how does that work in reality? Do the offices get a choice or does everything go one way or another? Well, that um, that all has to do with uh, the owner of the practice and the, and the deals that they sign with with the equity group. Right. And it's different in every situation. Yeah. So you're right. Uh, you make a, a fair statement that it, it, at some point there, there could be a double edged sword effect. Yeah. there. The, the other thing that we're seeing is the oh, I'm sorry, Bob. No, no, go ahead. Okay. The other thing that we're seeing uh, in terms of shifts is particularly in demographics, the uh, millennial market is, uh, is all grown up now. So, you know, they're, they're having families, they're buying eyewear for their kids. Uh, the first group of millennials in a year or so is going to be turning 40. So they'll be our wow. next presbyopes. So this is our, our next opportunity to, um, talk about our technology. So if you're thinking about how do you market to those people and what's what's of interest to them and how are you gonna drive them to your practice, that, that's a really important opportunity to look at. So we're hearing a lot of folks uh, out there who are saying, how do, how do I reach this demographic and um, what do I need to do to drive traffic to my to my practice? So there, there's a lot going on as far as um, as far as that's concerned. Well, you know, it, it always seems like the lenses uh, were kind of the stepchild of glasses. People generally look at frames first, but yes. I've always thought it's nice to talk about lenses first. And it, it's not as sexy as choosing frames first, but it's nice to be able to, to speak about that because people don't think about lenses. And when they're going for a uh, for a $7.99 pair of glasses, they're not thinking the qual about the quality of the lenses or there even is some difference between uh, a, a 1980s type of progressive versus a, a 2020 progressive. So how do we as practitioners kind of get into that discussion? Perhaps you could role play that a little bit. Yeah, that that's an excellent point. And um, something... Oh crud! I had the thought that I that was in my head, and I and I lost it. As I should have wrote it down. The something that we're seeing is um, I choked. Dang! Sorry, hey, bro, I've got something. I just uh, let, let me bail you out for a second, yeah, Mike. Um, so, uh, you know, with um, we just had this conversation with a. With, a, with an optometrist and his staff during a training just uh, yesterday afternoon 
uh, regarding commoditization of lenses. And they're looking to, um, you know, we, we went in, we did a training on, on, our, on our product, um, our sync lens, our single vision boost lens, and particularly, uh, particularly our Phoenix material because um, they want to offer um, a better product, the, the best product they can to those, those millennials, um, those folks are suffering some digital from digital eye strain and they want to offer them a product that is the highest level of technology and the best material that they can get. Right. They can't just go online and, and purchase uh, at any whim for, as you mentioned, Dr. Dr. Brill, for 795. Right. And, and they I want, wish we, could, I wish we could get them for 795. So. <laughs> right. And they want their patients to understand that, when they pay more for a pair of lenses, you know, when the doctor wants to pay more or uh, charge more for those lenses, that it, he's not just charging more for those lenses. He's offering right. the highest level of technology. He's ha- offering expertise in the optic, uh, in the optical to make sure that those frames are fitted well, the, the, that it's the right size frame so that the lens performs well, all the adjustments that come with it. And, right, and, and there's a value so they might pay substantially more, but he wants his patients to understand that the value is worth the money. So uh, I'm not sure how to convey that to the consumer. And I think there's been a national trend, at least as I r- read and look on Facebook uh, groups, for doctors are saying, look, I have everything here. I have my own lab here. I could do a one-hour service. We offer great lenses. We offer great frames. We offer value frames, value packages, and people, even with insurance, even with the managed care plans are saying, uh, I don't want to look, I just want my prescription. And, and so that worry, it worries everyone because we think, what could we be doing better? Uh, I don't know if you've seen it in the, in the field in your tra- with training, but it, it, it's something that's, a tr- I don't know if it's a current trend, but they don't even want to look and they don't even want to consider uh, their, their purchase of managed care insurance. They have a, perhaps a $400 a pair of glasses they could get, uh, but they're they're not getting it. We had somebody the other day who had. A, he says, "I usually get my glasses for twenty five dollars, and he would have gotten a beautiful pair of glasses, but he he had to pay thirty dollars." And um, so it was kind of interesting how the choices are being made. And it and it used to be that patients who had insurance, I mean, would never shop. So right. what are you finding? Were you um, going to say something, Mike? Yeah, well, I, I just, just quick, Dr. Brawley, I, I wrote down my notes, and I wanted to uh, just quickly go back to a point that you had made about uh, what patients are looking for and what they understand about their glasses and not. We've right. done focus, okay. and they, they'll say, oh, if I have Gucci frames, does that mean I have Gucci lenses? So there, there's a real disconnect, and, you're, and right. your point about talking about lens technology is important. Um, and a concept that we've tried to bring to the forefront is – what really is the primary pair of glasses? You talk about the dress pair or sun pair. And in today's day and age, especially in marketing to the millennial market, right. we've been telling people the computer pair is the primary pair for a lot of patients. Not, not obviously not everyone. But if you think about the concept of what's the primary pair, if everyone's looking at the screen, you know, we're all looking at two, sometimes three at a time, the computer pair is your primary pair. And as Bob had talked about the sync lens, as you graduate from being a child who needs glasses and those are less expensive, and then all of a sudden you're in your early 40s, 
whoa, these glasses are crazy expensive. Now you're looking at a five or a six hundred dollar. It's it's um it can be there's some sticker shock. But if you have the sync lens in between or um, a single vision enhanced computer pair of glasses, you've got a price point in the middle that dry that helps ease people through the process of their, you know, eyeglasses wearing experience. So, and your other point though, about managed care, a, a, a lot of things are driven by what's available through people's plans. And we do hear that a lot. And a lot of times um, it, ha it has more to do with the scripting and the selling of the benefit of the plan at that moment, rather than uh, letting letting people control the conversation in terms of saying, well, I only want what's covered by my plan. Right, yeah. That, that well, let's, to do let's move on to another topic, and that's uh, a giveaway. Ooh, let's give something away. How does we that have a giveaway. So um, I want everybody who's listening to um, put a comment with your, uh, your, favorite, your favorite progressive. It could be a Hoya one. It could be anything, but uh, put it in the comments, and um, we're going to select – somebody at this uh, time mark who uh, is participating. So we'll give you uh, a minute or two to put your comment down. So it's uh, 7.50 Central, uh, 8.50 Eastern. We're going to select somebody at that time mark. So stay tuned um, for the next one in about um, another 10 minutes. We're going to give another one away. And it's for $100 courtesy of, of Hoya. So, so thank you so much. Um, we're actually going to give away three of them, so hopefully we encourage you to stay tuned to the end. All right, so um, well, let's continue that vein here, if we can, a sure, little bit. Sure. So, um, do you have any suggestions for for the patients that say, like, a, I don't even want to look? You want to take that one, Bob? Yeah, that's that's a hard conversation to really have, right? Because they sometimes they have their mind made up that they just right. don't want to pay more than, than what they, what, than what's covered. And, you know, sometimes. They don't even know what's covered. They don't even know. They don't. Yeah. They the, just want they, to go to, uh, I won't mention local brands here, but you know, there's some of the online brands also have, have uh, bricks and mortar and you just don't know. I think what, yeah. you, what Dr. Rose saying is you give them, they ask for the RX and they get room. And then um, it seems like if you, if you ask the patient, uh, if, if, if you can help them, they get pissed off, you know? Even if you ask them, look, well, I know you're going to probably shop a little bit, but let's see, let me give you a little tutorial on, you know, what to look for in a lens. So a lot of times that's a way, but they're like, I got to go, you know, I just want my prescription. I have to go and, or I'll come back and they, you know, they don't come back. So this is something that we, we desperately need some advice from you experts out in the field. And maybe that's more for frames, but I think it's equally important for lenses so and, and, we, don't have anything, we don't have anything, but we'll all suffer together yeah, here. You know, and, uh, you know, as an optician myself, you know, that's a, that's a hard one to beat, right? Because I think a lot of times they have their mind made up uh, before they even come in that they're going to, um, they're going to have you write an RX and then they're going to ask you for the cheapest thing you have. And then if it doesn't meet their preconceived notion of what a pair of glasses should cost, then, then they just walk out the door. Right. And I find that when you have, when you have those patients, it's hard to change their mind. Right. right. They, that's, that's the type of patient that they are, or that's just their, their mindset. Um, we're, 
where we can make some headway are those folks that are willing to listen to the optical experts, like when they ha when you have them in the chair or they're out to see Perry to buy a pair of glasses, right? And everybody's ha everybody's having the same conversation. So I think um, one of the things that I stress as I uh, talk to um, an, an office when we do a training is that when you're uh, – I'll go back to the training I had yesterday. Uh, it's not unlike any other training that, that I do with an office. And it's a specific lens. It's the, uh, one of our lenses that they're looking to increase sales on. And we have everyone in the office involved in that training so that everyone in the office is essentially singing off the same page of music. If everyone is listening for cues that can help solve someone's problem or maybe solve a problem that they didn't know they had, like digital eye strain, um, then I think that that conversation goes a lot further uh, right. when you're talking about the technology. Yeah, I, I have a saying, a person convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. So, uh, but it is, it is difficult and maybe, maybe we'll figure something out. Well, um, why are there so many PAL designs today? It, it, it seems like it was a lot easier when there were just two or <laughs> it was a hard design and one was a soft design. And now it seems like the, the chain, like they have different names and different qualities and there's just so many, it, it's made it a lot more difficult. So what's up with that? Yeah, and this is something that, um, you know, Mike and I, and we actually had a conversation around this a little earlier. Uh, you know, we have uh, progressive lenses from uh, the most technologically advanced lens that, that we have, the MyStyle 2, um, all the way down to we still have a few conventionally surfaced progressive lenses. And we want to make sure that we offer enough lenses, enough choices so that you can meet whatever demographic it is that you choose to cater to. Um, if that demographic of patient is um, more of the, uh, the conventional lens budget, then we have some of those products for you. If that you patient... Have house, you have some house brands too for those of us that have labs in the office? Um, that would probably be more on uh, some of the other entities that Mike can talk about that, some of the other okay. entities that we own. Um, not necessarily a Hoya branded product. Right? Okay. Right. And so, um, and so we do have quite a few and they all have their at, they all have their uh, differentiators, right? Everyone's a little bit different than the other. And, and as we release a new lens, um, it has, it, it's better technology and it offers a better viewing experience. I will say relatively speaking to other manufacturers though, I think we have a lot less, uh, of a choice. Agreed. Yeah. Kind of on purpose, right? So we want to make sure that we offer you a, a lens that will fit any demographic of patient that you have, but we don't want you to be totally overwhelmed and feel like you're drowning in a sea of lenses to make sure right. that you're on the right, right lens, right progressive lens. Yeah. For instance, we, we make a concerted effort once we've gone from lifestyle to lifestyle two, we phase out lifestyle where we've launched lifestyle three, lifestyle two has a shelf life. So, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of your competitors lens is out forever. So uh, <laughs> There's, it, it's already a confusing business. You don't need extra confusion. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you want to uh, uh, so uh, some people, some people we got uh, some, are online here with us? We have um, quite a few people online. We have Barry Santini in Long Island. Uh, Terry Wilson, she works uh, 
in the Walmart area. Hey, Nicole, um, Maricel, also in New York. John, Robert Bell, iCoach Consulting. Uh, welcome uh, onto the live feed. Thanks so, so much for joining us tonight. Uh, we welcome you to ask some questions, challenge us. Uh, we want we want hard questions because Bob's ready. Bob's been training all night for this. I can make up I can make up answers with the best of them. So um, we'll, we'll we'll just give you t we'll just make Mike and I can make up answers that are totally false all night. We're down with that. So since, since we have so many opticians down there, let me ask you a question sure. about um, uh, computer pals, computer progressives. I believe TACT wants us, for a TACT design, uh, wants us to really write the distance prescription, the full distance and near prescription, and then you convert it. Is that correct? That is correct. So it's confusing because sometimes if you write, people want you to write down, you know, your intermediate power and your near power. Uh, and so how do we actually say that and say, look, at, please convert it, or this is the full RX, uh, so when we're, when we're writing it down, and let's say it's an RX to go, they may or may not know how, how to interpret what we wrote down. What's the best way to do that? Well, the um, TACT comes in two models or two, two styles, a TACT 40 right, and 40, TACT 60. 60 yeah. so, so, and you, if you're familiar, right, that has 40% uh, at the fitting cross or 60% or of the ad at the fitting cross, right? So, um, you know, well, if, if somebody needs it and it, you know, needs that, that, that would be something that, you know, you would want to, to, I guess, do the math, right? Figure out there's a long conversation there to figure out exactly what working distance it is. If that's your question, um, maybe I'm not understanding or, or misinterpreting. Well, we, you know, according to law, we have to write out an RX. Sure. If we just write a distance uh, RX with a near add, we do mm -hmm. not know if somebody is going to get attack 40 or 60, or if they're going to get some other type of computer pal, whether that company will convert it, not convert it. So there seems to be a, a potential communication uh, disruption there as to how we write that out so that that person can get that filled wherever they want to and, uh, and know that they're actually going to get the right RX. Seems like there should be a convention among the optical industry that how we write out a, a computer RX. Well, I know now with, uh, I can speak to our lenses, our newest version are the, the uh, under the new media optics name under ID uh, space screen and zoom. And they are uh, for specific working distances, uh, not, too far removed from the tact. And, and so for instance, instance, the ID space will give the wearer, uh, wearer about uh, 18 to 20 feet uh, through the fitting cross, right? Um, so it has somewhere around an, an extra quarter of diopter of add or so right at the fitting cross. And then the ID space will work somewhere in the, uh, in the close to uh, like a 10 foot, 10 feet range, maybe 10 to 12 feet range through the fitting cross. And then the zoom um, only gives about four to six feet. Okay. So the, the, the dispenser who is filling that prescription really needs to understand and have that conversation with the optician. So um, hopefully if they do leave your office and they go somewhere else and the, you know, you're, you're talking about a computer pair, 
uh, that the person who is fitting the lenses understands that there's some conversation that needs to happen ahead of time. How are you using the lenses? What are you going to be, what tasks are you performing? And then what lens that I have in my tool belt works best for that situation? Um, so we have multiple tools for that. And, and that's, again, uh, we go back to that question you asked earlier about not paying $7.95 for a pair of glasses. Right. Um, there's the value, part of that value that you offer as a trusted consultant and asking them and figuring out what are you doing each day with your lenses and how can I help you be better at it? Yeah, great. Uh, so I want to answer a lot of these questions. So let's do a rapid okay. fire five minutes, just short, short answers, guys. So um, Carrie Wilson wants to know what's the difference between your computer progressive and Essilor's? Uh, Short answer. Uh, ours is, I don't know, Bob, why would we answer that question? It's like you're asking about apples and oranges. It's um, Okay. All right. I, don't, I, I don't know anything about Essilor's lenses. Okay. Uh, this is an interesting question. Uh, Bill McGilvery, I probably butchered that. Why do you put your Phoenix lenses in the boxes upside down? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, Bob? Is there a reason for that? I don't I know, know what, I I know what you're referring to. Okay, well, you've heard these are These are fantastic questions. Gosh, okay. <laughs> I know, right? Um, let's see what else. It, maybe there's more questions about competitor designs that we can't uh, answer. Elaine Desjardins wants to know, he's in Canada. Hey, Elaine. Um, he wants to know if your Japanese products will ever be available in America, North America. Maybe that I, well, I've talked to this gentleman in the past or I've overheard conversations. And the thing, right. the, the thing is, is that um, there, there are some very unique products uh, that, that Japan put that uh, our engineers are able to develop. What happens is that like, again, he's in Canada, which is a different uh, type of market, not super unlike the U S market, but there's big, big differences. Um, so for instance, He's talking about very small niche products and we're dealing with a very large manufacturer and to do all of the SKUs that are necessary in order to launch a product. I mean, for instance, when we launch Sensity, it's like you have to have it in plastic, you have to have it in poly, you have to have it in, in Phoenix, you have to have it in 167. So you're looking at all of these SKUs and all these base curves and for a product that's as narrow as that in a market that frankly, isn't as sophisticated as the Japanese market when it comes to some of these products. The, the cost to launch is, uh, it's, it's prohibitive. It's, it's, a, it, it, it's dead on arrival because the market isn't gonna accept it. Plus we're also uh, heavily influenced by managed care. If, if you don't see a pathway to getting a code from some of the, from some of the larger players, uh, you, it, it's a calculated risk as to whether or not there's going to be general market acceptance. Let me ask you about myopia progression. Will you have a pair of glasses designed for to help us with myopia progression? Yes. Uh, we have a product called MyoSmart that's spelled M-I-Y-O-S-M-A-R-T. And it, it's a product that we worked on with um, Hong Kong Polytechnic University. Right. The um, It's a my understanding from the white papers and the presentations I've seen, it, it, 
it's it's a great product. It does work. Um, we're working on bringing it to the U.S. market. Uh, there's going to be some manufacturing capability to do it. It's a okay. fairly unique process. So it's um, doing it in mass. It take, take, takes a little extra doing. So for now, it's currently in the Chinese market, I believe, or right. it, may, it may only be in Hong Kong at the time. I'm not 100%. Okay. But I, I do know there's an effort being made to bring it to the U.S. market, and it is um, truly a, 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 an ophthalmic lens solution to the to the issue. But Bob, Bob, anything you want to add on that? No, I, I think you covered it quite well. It's just yeah. there's a as you mentioned, bringing it to the U.S. market as um, not a simple or easy uh, task. And so um, it may take a little while. It's possible there's going to be FDA approval necessary because of the, um, because of the way it's designed. Right. And I don't know the technical reasons yeah. why that okay. is, but, that, okay. but that's my understanding. Great. Uh, we're going to have another giveaway here. So um, the next, we have a lot of comments. We're going to go through these here in just a minute. But I want everyone who's listening, we have 31 people on the, the live uh, podcast here. I uh, want you to write down your favorite anti-reflective and the number one reason why your favorite. What's your timestamp on that? So this is uh, at 8.06. The people that comment will um, be notified. We're going to select one random winner through a scramble at the end. Um, and a $100 gift card. So comment favorite anti-reflective and number one reason why. 8.06. So with your anti-reflectives, do you match them to the materials? The index? The index, yeah. Are they index matched? Uh, yeah, we, we've, in the past, we've done substrate matching and actually, we've actually been able to change the process so that we get the same result without necessarily doing that. It used to be, I'm trying to look for something I can... Hold the show. All right, here. And uh, just, a, just a second. These yeah. the comments don't necessarily have to be Hoya. Just put whatever product you, you like. So we're not going to give you brownie points. We won't, <laughs> we, won't, we won't judge you yet. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, okay. <laughs> it used to be like, you know, you had, you had the tray and you had to fill it up all with polycarbonate. And then you had to go to the next room, fill it all up with, with Tridex. Um, and, and then you're able to put it in the machine and push go and it would get all the all the compounds it needed in order to be matched and, and perfectly done. Um, they, they figured out a way that some materials can be mixed and then we're able to match them up and get the same results. So uh, again, I think the proof is in our two year unlimited uh, warranty. So yeah. Hey, um Tell us about Colts testing. Uh, what does that mean to anti-reflective? Um, explain to our listeners why that's important. Yeah, you can do. You can have independent testing done and um, on on different materials with different coatings and uh, see what the results are. Um, and you know, I guess you could talk about the the, the results if, if you wanted to. Um, yeah, it's totally totally doable. We've done it in the past. Okay. Uh, can you actually tell us, uh, Bob, maybe walk us through the technicalities of anti-reflective? Like, you know, what's the, how is it actually applied? Is there like minerals and chemicals and things? I'll add to that as far as your, the things that bother people the most, like scratches, dirt, and reflections. So you can address that. I, 
Uh, I'm sorry, you were, uh, your your voice was a little broken up when that last question. Could you repeat that last question? Ask how, how the anti-reflectives are made. Can you go through the how, how they're actually produced? Is it like minerals? Is it in some type of big fat? A lot of people may not have been to a laboratory to see this process done. Right. So it's all done in a big, it's all done in a, in a clean room. Um, uh, people who work in those areas have to, um, you'll see them, they have to enter through, you know, two sets, uh, two sets of doors. Um, you know, they're wearing uh, uh, booties, uh, the disposable booties over their shoes. They put on a gown, they have hairnets. Uh, it's a very sterile environment. They go through a very intensive uh, cleaning multi-step cleaning bath process where they spend um, certain amounts of time in each different chemical to clean and then coat and everything's timed and um, done in a process so that uh, the, the lens is cleaned properly. Um, you have a base layer that's applied to it or a primer coat that will work um, with the anti-reflective treatment. Um, and then after, after, those, after it's prepared, um, then after the lens is prepped and it goes into the AR chamber and it's a, the AR is, is the anti-reflective treatment is applied to it in the, in the AR chain in the anti-reflective chamber. One of the extra steps that we have with EX3 and recharge is that they actually, um, they're cured thermally. So there's an extra step. Okay. Uh, which makes th thermally versus, uh, can you go do the difference between thermal versus spin coat? Um, I may not be able to get as technical as some of your listeners like on this, uh, but uh, but when you um, when you put the have the coating on and then it's heated to a certain temperature and it and it sets there for a certain period of time, kind of like uh, you know putting a, a, a car in a, in a in a paint booth, right? That has to be right. It's not just painting it; it just sets there and wait for it to dry. Mm -hmm. Um, we're curing it with, with some heat. Uh, spin coating, um, uh, the lens is spun underneath of the, right? And it's probably not, I don't, I don't know that anybody spin coats AR anymore. Uh, I think it's all, um, uh, your premium AR coatings are all done in an AR, AR chamber. Yeah, I got a question for you. So I, I've heard this, maybe it's a lie, but you know, let's say I order a, a low grade anti-reflective, but perhaps, you know, you're doing an EX3 batch that day, and maybe I order the, the crappy AR, but I actually end up with a good AR. How do we actually guarantee we're getting what we order? Uh, <laughs> that's a loaded question. <laughs> so, so you're complaining about getting something better for, for cheap? Well, I'm just going through the scenario. So, um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it happens. Whatever is in that batch that day is sometimes what you get. I, I, I'm certain that you would only be upgraded. Okay. 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 Um, so let me ask you this. In the past, uh, the Hoya lab seemed to have to send out uh, chemistry clips. Are you able to do chemistry clips in-house? Or do you send them all out to the manufacturer? I'm in marketing. What's a chemistry clip? Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest thing next. Uh, I, I think it's it, it must be one one millionth of one percent of our sales. But go ahead. <laughs> uh, it's a lens. Yes. Has little tiny magnets in it. Oh, those uh, are... matches the magnets in the lens. So it's like a uh, tinted clip or oh, okay. other ones. 
What do you know about about those, Bobby? I believe there are um, now a few labs that, that we can do those in-house. Um, we do those in Chicago, I think, right? Yeah, um, maybe. But as you mentioned, um, sometimes certain things are better left to the experts. I see. And, uh, right. And so adding equipment in a lab that's already, maybe it's, uh, you know, some of these, some of our labs, as Mike mentioned, um, you know, we're building new facilities, right. trying to add capacity. And um, sometimes just adding equipment to a lab that's at capacity may not make sense for delivery for our okay. customer. Okay. And, and I would I would say to that point, you know, we're we're probably doing sixteen or seventeen thousand unique jobs a day, right? So, and we're we're very aware that every one of those jobs has one of your patients' names on it, we right? Take it real seriously, so we're 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 more interested in getting it done right the right way by the right people and equipment you know we don't necessarily have to do every single job but we like you know we we want to we're 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 in the mass personalization business so yeah i I want to talk about um production uh domestically versus overseas uh i know you guys have places all over the world japan Thailand. uh, thailand united states and it's a touchy subject because you might think your your lenses are being produced domestically really fast but they're just being imported from overseas so can you give us a little transparency into what's happening uh, in the Hoya brand? Well, where I don't even know where the Bob, where do the pucks come from? I mean, like does PPG make those? I mean, a lot of I think a lot of the things, a lot of the raw materials come from a lot of the same places. Is my very generic understanding. Um, where where they're surfaced and finished, you know, is again we have more than thirty laboratories of varying capabilities here in the here in the US. So where that raw material comes from and where, where it gets finished is is two sometimes different things. The advantage to being a global and international company the way we are in uh, Dr. Burley mentioned Thailand. So for instance, if you have a patient come into your office on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving and they order glasses and they're you're, you're sending them to Hoya. Um, you're thinking to yourself, oh gosh, nobody's working for the next five days. This is going to be crazy. Well, because we're one Hoya, we, that some jobs may get routed to other parts of the world and your, your, your patient's work will be worked on during the, during a time when here in the U S there may not, there, we may be uh, running a little lower capacity due to holidays and the like. So there's a huge advantage to how we do it and why we do it the way we do it. So, uh, you know, it, uh, obviously we're going to do it as efficiently as possible. And depending on your account, you know, you'll be assigned to a primary laboratory location. Okay. And then as, as you're, as if you have other needs, we're going to get them done as quickly and um, efficiently as possible for you. Okay. Yeah, again, like I said, we, we take we, your patient's needs incredibly seriously and we want to make sure that, you know, at, at the end, it's not our, our brand, you know, um, you know, Bob and I are, you know, goofballs here wearing our Hoya t-shirts and it's like really it's it, it's your brand you're at the end of the day the patient comes in and they either love or hate their glasses and they're either going to love or hate you they don't know who we are and right. that's not really we're, we're only as good as our last job you're 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 only as okay. last person who you made happy we, we understand that your your brand is the one that we're trying to amplify and enhance and that's our that's really our mission. 
So okay, so uh, <laughs> let me ask you. Let me ask you. Sorry for all the hard questions here. You know, what online and in person at meetings, people ask, "Hey, what lab do you use?" And then they'll tell their stories of woe about how the lab took too long or messes up jobs. And we, I've been in practice a long time, so I understand that certain there's certain quality cycles. You know, all of a sudden, a lab things get messed up, and maybe a critical person. Uh, changed out, went somewhere else, quit. And the next thing you know, you're in a, in, a, in a poor quality control cycle, which affects your customers. And then sometimes they move along. So it seems like this happens to all the labs and it's very frustrating for everyone. But how is it that you contend with that? I think just to tack on to what Mike just said um, and to talk about, to your point, when you say your customers, you know, we, 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 view, we don't view those as our customers. They're, we view those as your customers, the independent ECP customer. And having that large lab network, um, for any of the reasons that you just mentioned, um, somebody leaves, uh, a piece of equipment just all of a sudden stops working, the AR coding machine goes down, a line goes down. By being able to reroute those jobs to someplace else, um, maybe maybe there's been, uh, uh, for example, any of the, re again, any of the reasons you just mentioned, turnover, um, uh, machinery, any of that. If we're experiencing that, there's systems set in place to put those jobs where they can be processed in a timely manner so that not our customer, but your customer can be services in a timely manner. Yeah. So as you know, so help with those cycles so that those cycles are minimized. And some jobs are just cursed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Only for your VIPs here. <laughs> it's always the VIPs in your family. So let's yeah. do the next. Okay. All right, uh, let's see. So I think it's time for us to do the next giveaway. And uh, perhaps we would uh, ask the, the listeners or the viewers to, say, to ask, what would they like to see in, in terms of an advancement in lenses? And we're gonna do that at the timestamp of 819. That's a great, that's, I'd, that's I'd, a love, time. I'd love to know what people wanna see in, in, in a new, type of lens. That's awesome. Good question. Okay. So go ahead and uh, comment below with what advancements you want to see in lenses. I think you should do timestamp 819 and 820. Give people a, 819 a, and 820. Good job. That, that's a hard, that's a hard question. And, uh, $100 visa gift card. This is the last one, your last chance to thank you for hanging in there for the, for the third chance to win a hundred dollars. And then that's it. We're going to go from 30 people to two. <laughs> I'll give you a few minutes here to, to answer. So, so how do you know if your laboratory bill is too high? There's no such thing as a lab bill that's too high. What do you? What, what kind of questions that, Doctor Bro? <laughs> People ask us. We try to be. Uh, we try to be efficient. And Perry wants you to jump. So, you know, I think the difficult thing about lab uh, work is the person who's managing a lab in, a, in an office or optical is not necessarily purchasing the bill. So um, we have to be very cost conscious and about our profitability. And if you see a $300 lab bill come through your optical, you need to question, why is it that expensive, right? right. 
Yeah, that's, I'm can, I'm going to take part of that question, and Bob, I'll, I'll hand it off. I'll hand it off to you if you don't mind. Sure. So, my my, my first part of the question is is that some some we I've I've heard this question a bunch of times in the over the years, and uh, sometimes having a high lab bill is actually good. It means you're selling premium product, and if you're selling premium product, you're making the margin on that product. There are some folks who I've talked to, you know, say they're like in high rent districts like New York, Chicago, whatever, and they go, oh, well, you know, I have to sell, you know, a really inexpensive lens so I could, you know, because I have, you know, I'm paying $80,000 a square foot for rent, and they're freaking out, and I get that. Um, what happens is, though, is when you're is is when you're trying to bang down your cost and you're not selling anything that differentiates yourself, and you're you're you're, you're trying to squeeze, but then you're also trying to boost your margin. You're not you're, you're not selling anything special. The idea would be is sell something that's a little special, charge a little bit more, and you'll still end up with the with the margin that's going to keep you in business. Um, otherwise, people could just buy whatever you're selling you know, for $7.95 on some goofy website. So this is the, okay. that's, that, that's my marketing guy answer, but I know that Bob actually has, a, has uh, some additional context from his perspective. So I want to, I want to interrupt. So that, that makes total sense. Um, so I know you guys sell um, your, your core suite of products, the lifestyles and harmonies of the world. Tell us about your, um, how do you differentiate like your house branded stuff? I, I think you call it amplitude. Is that right? Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily house, but it's it's um, yeah. it's, it's, it's a low, it's a low, it's a lower. Bob, you're you're better at the uh, yeah between the how do how do we know you know when we're ordering if an amplitude works it works and it's cheaper versus you know something more premium that you sell. I it's hard to know the difference, probably because I'm 27 years old and I'm not presbyopic, but. Um, <laughs> So, you know, it's, gotcha. <laughs> it's, um, I, um, you know, it's all in, um, technology, right? So the amplitude has been around for a while. It's a great lens. It was, um, a superior lens on its launch. Um, it's not a superior lens to our products that we have now. And, um, it goes back to offering the, the, uh, the right product for the right patient. Um, at the right time. And, you know, with Hoya, each time you step in, up in uh, yeah. uh, lenses, quality of lenses, you're, you're stepping up in technology and you're giving the patient um, a little more corridor width uh, that's possible in that particular RX, um, a little less peripheral distortion. Uh, you move up into things that uh, uh, that start to offer um, the uh, binocular harmonization like the new Array 2 and the ID. Um, and then you move into uh, our, our lenses that have the ID designation that are, that are using actually using both sides of the lens to form the prescription. And so um, we, we offer those lenses. Uh, again, we keep them around because they work great. And we know that you have a, a varying demographic of patient that's coming into your office. So how do we make sure that we're offering uh, both fitting their budget and their visual needs at the same time? Okay, great. So we, uh, we have a lot of comments. Thank you for the 32 people that have continued to be on the uh, live Facebook podcast here. So we want to go through some of these. Uh, Dr. Brill. I, I have a couple of questions that are on the same vein. Matthew Smith and Cassandra Brackman want to know, 
why is a $320 Hoya lens better than a camber lens at half the price? Uh, I'm not too familiar with camber um, and what and how they function optically. Um, so I don't think it would be fair for me to okay. comment on that question. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll move on though. We'll, we'll, we'll stump you later. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. How about this one? This is from Jessica Lauren Harrison. Does the array two have binocular harmonization? Yes. That's it. Okay. <laughs> is, was that the yes, no question or just, she wanted to know what binocular harmonization technology is. That's the question. I don't know what that is. Why don't you tell us? I can do it. Bob, you do it. You're good at that. Go ahead. Uh, uh, binocular harmonization um, helps with um, the, the differences be in the prescription between the eyes. So we know that a vast majority of the patients have a difference in prescription between the right and left eye. And when we put a progressive lens in front of their eyes, um, we're, we are inducing um, some, uh, some prismatic effect, both vertically and horizontally. Uh, with convergence and uh, the eyes depressing through the lens to read. Uh, we also know that with varying powers, we have some, uh, which would result in some convergence difference and magnification difference. And we're able to, to uh, neutralize those differences between the eye and the corridor of the lens to give, uh, essentially what happens is that patient now has one uh, better image in the brain than they, than, than they had the of delivering in prior lenses. Okay, let's move on to some other questions here. Uh, Carrie Wilson wants to know if you have any uh, color assistive lenses like in Chroma and Oakley are working on. Color blindness. Or yeah. for sport, not necessarily for color blindness, but also for sports enhancement. Right. That, I'm not aware of any that we're working on at the moment, but I will say um, the, the teacher in that uh, in viral in Chroma video was by uh, brother-in-law. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay. I've got, a, I've got a question for you. Uh, we used to use Izon lenses where, lens, where we had an aberrometer and that aberrometer was able to, at least in theory, uh, determine what the uh, higher order aberrations were and then the lenses were made to correct for that. And there's, while there's some controversy, we, we used it for several years and while they had their multi-layer, it really did work uh, for most of the people um, so when can we have uh, in our office an aberrometer that can match to a prescription that Hoya can make? So there seems to be a, a large need for this, especially for people that have refractive surgery and uh, other, other things that kind of really mess up their vision. So, but that are not due to myopia, they're, so they're uh, just from higher order aberrations. Is that coming down the pike? So you're asking if we can use your your uh, aberrometry findings to make a lens from Hoya? Yes. Not that I'm aware of at this time. Yeah, we want glaucoma, trefoil. People are Plano, but they just can't see well at night because they have excessive glare. Uh, could be LASIK, AI, genetics. Um, no one's really addressed that issue in the industry of glare. Yeah, I think over the mantle of uh, that the eyes uh, that Izon was trying to do. So, and I think this goes back to Mike's comment earlier about 
um, you know, what we do at Hoya is um, we're not, you know, in that we're in that mass production space right now. Okay. And that's uh, probably a more of a, a niche at this point. And as uh, the, the technologies we have, like in binocular harmonization, are assuming that the patient has normal convergence and accommodation. Um, so right. we're to uh, make these lenses. So, something I something I would add to that though is if you look at the original MyStyle lens, every time someone ordered a MyStyle lens, all of those data points went into creating what ended up becoming MyStyle 2. There will be a MyStyle 3. Um, they also trickled down those data points, ended up helping develop ID Lifestyle. Something happened. Something happened to your internet, Mike. And I, in, in, so to lifestyle three. So as we're collecting information, we're using it to upgrade the technology based. Oh, oh dang. Am I back? <laughs> yeah, you're back. A little, uh, little fuzzy. I'm going to, I'm back. Okay. okay. Now I know that the, the my style lens um, does have the capability of um, taking into account your past wearing experiences and modifying the current pair to help with those. But as far as those high order aberrations and, and things of that nature that you're asking about, nothing. Yes. Well, if I might make a suggestion, it'd be nice to have a, a small lab or a dash lab or something else that you would call it to say, let's start working on that. Because the first large uh, lens company or maybe a small one that does that, I think is going to have a market. I want to talk about um, get away from Hoya. You guys have other portfolios. You have Vision Ease and Seiko. Um, so let's talk about those products. Uh, I'm actually a big fan of the Seiko Surmount. I think it has a really large uh, corridor compared to other lenses out there. So why? Tell me why you're buying other brands? Because um, we're we're just a little guy out here, and we see private equity swallowing up practices. VSP just bought VisionWorks 700 locations. Uh, maybe I'll become a VisionWorks one day. No. <laughs> so anyways um, why are you guys buying brands what are you trying to do out there well again it all boils down to what your needs are and and how to best service you so if if those if a, if those, those brands that we bought complement products that we that we didn't you're gone again mike I think what Mike was trying to say is those those products that we that we purchase uh, complement what we. For so, for instance, the Vision acquisition. Um, as you know, Hoya is like a big fan of. Bob, help him out. Yeah, uh, Mike, you can always, um, if you want, you can leave the meeting and join back in, and that'll um, probably get your internet feedback. So, um, well, we're gonna wrap it up here pretty soon. So. Uh, what's coming in the future? Anything for Hoya um, that our listeners can look forward to? Vision Expo's coming up. Um, what's up? What's in the pipeline? Well, I know the uh, the marketing group has some uh, pretty fun and uh, exciting things happening in the booth that I don't want to give away uh, because they're using that as um, a draw, right? Come and see what's new and exciting. So, um, I don't, I don't want to, 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 give that away. And then, 
you know, there's always, that's the question, one of the questions that we hear uh, because of our technology and we're always advancing the technology, what's new with Hoya, right? Um, I don't, Mike, if you want to talk about um, what's coming in the future, I don't think uh, we have anything uh, that we're at liberty to talk about currently. Um, Mike may have something to add. Yeah, it, we always have something new coming. Uh, but as Bob said, you know, lifestyle two becomes lifestyle three. It'll probably be lifestyle four someday. It's um, the, the, those advances are, are always being worked on. So again, you know, just from the uh, proprietary nature of the business, uh, <laughs> won't disclose too much until until it's the right time. But there, you'll always get something. You here's the thing with oil. You're always the, we depend on you to take what's next and make it ubiquitous. We want you to have that that edge in in what's the latest technology. If you look back at the history of of lenses, you know, pre, eye care providers started with plastics. They started with photochromics. They started with PAL designs. Everything started with you. You, you were like a focus group that made it all happen and then everyone else follows. So our, our purpose is to get you the best technology so that you have, uh, you, you have, so you have some runway to share with your patients and be that, and be that leader. And Dr. Brill, you said, you know, how do I keep people here? Well, the point is, is that you're, if you're offering the best, that's what keeps people there. They should be coming to you because you always have what's new and what's great, not because you have the old stuff from six, eight, ten years ago, or stuff that could be purchased on, you know, any goofy website. That's not. Yeah. That's not what we're. That's not what we're about. Bob saying the one of the top questions he gets is what's new with Hoya. The reason is is because we want you to have what's new from Hoya. Yeah, and, and we and we and we trust you to explain that to your pay. I mean, we know you can explain it all day to your patients. Yeah, you can only be successful if you are. Yeah. Hey, Bob, you have some fangirls out here. Carrie Wilson says you're a really great guy. And then Colleen oh. Galanti said you're you're very smart, handsome and easy to talk to in person. <laughs> thank you for sharing that. And thank you, Colleen and, and, and Carrie. So I have her care to uh, do a direct consumer campaign like some of the competitors. Uh, that well, would I, I, I can take that, Bob. The, um, <laughs> Well, the, the thing that's happening when you go direct to consumer, first off, if you look at a brand like, say, Geico, who spends $1.2 billion with a B, dollars wow. on advertising, any of our competitors are not approaching that level of, of ubiquity. So what happens is that those ads, they're not for consumers. They're for you. Because if you think about it, like as you go through life, it's like, oh, wow, you know, we, we have more kids. We need a minivan. Then it's like every third car on the road is a minivan because you're looking right. for it's all about relevance and resonance. And because you're in the eye care business, you're seeing every ad for every, you know, name brand, the Chromic and whatever that's out there. And what they're doing is that that trust in that brand that you see is being built up so that they can, so that it could be pushed out on their web websites and other properties. And it's like, oh, I think I heard of that. And now it's something that maybe they could trust. So uh, fr frankly, you're a, um, you're you're an unpaid brand rep, and the some some folks are getting uh, free uh, free rent as part of your real estate there. So that's the, there's uh, the the motivation for us to do that is 
near zero because the thing is, is we only we only sell these CPs. We're not we, we're not a direct to customer company. Yeah. Okay. We appreciate that. Too. So I want to take three more questions. So um, for everybody listening, thank you for uh, being on for an hour. It's been really a pleasure. And um, I want the next three questions we're going to answer. So please go ahead and ask, ask those. Um, so you guys have one really mega lab in Dallas. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Uh, what makes it state of the art? Uh, the the investment in, in the in the equipment it's every everything is top of the line the 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 way it's organized is top of the line um, and same thing with when we Ramsey is is going to be a uh, similar size and s similar capacity with similar equipment so it's all it's all yeah and I, and I think to add to that you have some of the you have some of the best people in the business that are that yeah. set that lab up and operate that lab and the operations folks that, that are making that lab do, uh, making it do uh, on, on, a, on a regular basis, what no one thought it could do, um, makes, it a, uh, makes it a mega lab. And guys, you should come to, so if you're in Dallas, you've got to come visit us or anyone who's on this, the, the, we, those folks, are so thrilled to give a tour. I mean, you their faces light up. They want to show off what they're what they're doing. It's just uh, I've been on a few tours, and, and you go, and I'm excited every time I go and to meet the people who are right there on the front lines. I mean, they they really care about what they do, and they wanted and they want to do the best job on behalf of your patients. So, yeah, so I, we have a few questions. Uh, Dr. Brill, do you want to read a few of these? These are the last ones we're going to talk about. Okay. So um, first of all. Colleen. Uh, Colleen Galanti says, uh, Mike, I'm watching him. I'm watching you. Oh, I, yeah, I know you are, Colleen. I, when I heard your name come up, I was like, oh, it's Colleen. <laughs> so. okay. I, I, I've got a little question before we get another one here. Uh, what about glass? I would, I would love to have a thin, durable glass lens, kind of like in my Serengeti sunglasses. And, uh, and, that, and that might be a niche or a market that, you know, could be revised here, really thin, thin, lightweight glass, but durable glass lenses. Anything up coming up in the future with that? I'm not, I'm not aware. No, yeah, sorry. No, no, I, no, not, I, you know, we rarely ever hear um, anybody even ask for glass. And, and as I'm out talking to customers, when they actually do have a request for glass from a customer, it takes them back a little bit and they have to kind of step back and think, oh, good Lord, now what do I do? Um, yeah. <laughs> so we have some comments here. People want glass. Uh, Matthew Smith says glass polarized. Scott right. McElvain in Springfield. Hey, Scott. Uh, he wants glass. Um, so this is the people. They're voting. They're voting on you, Facebook you here. You got to do things different yeah. now. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, we can we'll take, always take that information back. Not, um, we're going to fly you out and, and Barry, Barry, we're going to fly you out to Dallas or we're going to get that one-on-one -on -one consultation. <laughs> I, I was at the uh, Hoya Lab about 10 years ago and it's like a whole block. It's like a city block. If you were there 10 years ago, it's two city blocks now. Oh so, my goodness. Yeah. You guys have a cafeteria and... Yeah. You, eat, you eat lenses there. All, all, all lenses all day, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, well, very good. 
So, um, gentlemen, I appreciate being on the Entrepreneur Podcast. It's fun having a uh, a national, I mean, global company on. This is the first one. You at Entrepreneur? We're all, we're all about independence, um, keeping private practice alive through product differentiation, through superior customer service, um, and you guys are a part of the equation and a lot of practices. So we felt the need to bring uh, a global company onto the podcast here. So. Any final words that you'd like to leave our viewers with, listeners, viewers? I, yeah, we just to sum up, I think a lot of what Bob and I hopefully got across to folks is that our what we want to do is is help you build your brand. We want you to be successful. We're only successful if you're successful. You know, you're the eye care providers are are not a cog in our wheel. You are the wheel. So okay. We, we, we need you um, and we want you to be successful. And again, we want to deliver the best for you every day. We, we care about your patients and it's um, we just want you to please, please talk to us. We want to hear from you and we want to make sure that um, yeah, we want to talk to you, but we want you to be open-minded also because there, there, there's opportunities here and we love to talk to you more about them. So and and bob is out in the field and i and our folks in the field are are really among the best and we'd love to you know engage with you guys more so yeah and, and i guess just maybe a few final words for me is is, is i'm at, as i'm out in the field and, and talking to customers especially long-standing hoya customers you know they're they're um, they're very appreciative of the fact that we're helping them grow their practice. We're not going directly to their patients. Okay. Um, you know, that's our, that's our MO. Um, as Mike said, what, you know, uh, what we, why we do what we do, right. Um, we're here to help you grow your practice. We're, we're here to be the independent, uh, eye care, uh, provider, uh, assistant, right. And, uh, we just happen to make damn good lenses, uh, to, to help with that. So, um, you know, we, what we do every day is uh, we try to help and help you and try to figure out uh, work with you as a partner um, uh, to be your uh, ally in battle and uh, to figure out how it is that we can help you differentiate yourself. Um, as you know, as I, I keep going back to that, whether it's that amplitude that you mentioned, Perry, uh, if that makes you successful in, in differentiating yourself to that to that demographic that you're you're marketing to, maybe it's the my style too. Um, maybe it's uh, a, maybe it's uh, helping Myo you. Myo smart. Maybe it's uh, helping you come up with a, a marketing plan. Um, you know how do we how do we become a partner uh, so that we're both successful? Well, how does our how would our audience uh, get in touch with you if they want to? Sure. Yeah, there. Um, first off, um, I manage all of the emails that come in through our website, so fill out any of the forms on the site. Uh, if you wouldn't mind checking out our blog, I put a link in for earlier in the broadcast. Uh, our, our blog has a lot of fantastic content, and you're just welcome to email Bob or I whenever you want, bob.alexander at hoya.com and mike.hanbridge at hoya.com. Happy to hear from you and um, to help you get whatever you need. Thank you very much, and thank you to our Facebook Live viewers, listeners, and all your contributions. It was a steady stream. Yeah, there's, there's lots of comments. Um, 
Mike and Bob, I don't know if you were able to see them live, but uh, lots of comments to read through. And to all the, the gift card winners, uh, we will reach out to you um, probably tomorrow morning uh, with who won. And then we also have some paperwork for you to fill out as well to, to claim those. So signing out from uh, Kansas City and uh, have a good night, everybody. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks again.